video are from the member's best recollection and may not be fully accurate. This video is intended for entertainment purposes only. Always consult with your local union about your rights and duties at your workplace. The opinions shared on this video are our own and do not necessarily represent my employer's positions, strategies, or opinions. All views shared are protected under the National Labor Relations Act. Nice. You are now in tune with the boss of the business, the What the Heck Show, on UnionPowerRadio.com. That's right, you're listening to the What The Heck Show here on Sunday, October 22nd, 2023. And of course, just before the show, everything just goes crazy here with all this technology that's in my house, in, in, on front of me. And uh, at the last minute, it started just going crazy, so I had to reset everything. So uh, welcome to the What The Heck Show here on Union Power Radio. Uh, I'm trying to put the live on YouTube now. Oh, yes, it's there now. So here we go. So... Uh, it's a lot of things that I'm going to be talking about. I'm t- talking about this contract and how the company is violating this contract and they are violating it to the fullest. I mean, it's it's gotten worse now with the new contract than with the old contract because the old contract, you know, they were violating and it. it's always been like the way. As soon as they ratify a contract, they definitely go into violation and that's when the grievance come in and, and they just don't give a fuck about the grievances. And the arbitrator, and it's got to be a different way of doing this thing because, I mean, you know, putting in these grievances and waiting for arbitrator to rule on what they have done wrong as far as the contract is stating, the contract is simply there. I mean, the articles are there and explains to everyone the articles, the article 37, harassment, uh, uh, whistleblow, you know, all those intimidations and and all that is is in the contract is is in black and white and they agreed to these contracts the company and the union we we wouldn't got ratified if they didn't agree to both of it so the company states you know they 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 say okay we'll agree to it just tonight i mean i swear to god from this day now and 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 i think forever hold my peace i think we should have went on strike for these guys because they should have learned the lesson of how the bullshit that they're doing with this fucking violating the contract is is crazy. It's like overwhelming right now as a business agent. I mean, I'm going into centers and these guys are just grieve it. They're just telling us to grieve it. They're telling the shop store to grieve it. Just grieve it, grieve it, grieve it. And I'm getting a lot of calls and we're getting a lot of grievances. And what are they going to do? The system sucks. 
The system really, really sucks. It sucks for the membership. It sucks for the whole union thing. It just sucks. I mean, I don't know what. Someone's got to come up with a, a, a plan to fix this, this problem because it's a big problem. The problem is that the company violates the contract. We are doing our, our, our deal, we're doing the right way. We're doing a due process. And, uh, and still the company don't give a fuck because they know that the grievance could stay in a grievance into an arbitration for a, a year, two years, or maybe more. It depends. And, you know, this national grievance thing, I, I think it's a fucking waste of time. I mean, this, this, this uh, one that they just went to, at least we won some, some things. Uh, Article 37, I believe we won in the Virginia, I think, or Texas. Uh, someone won a grievance there at the national panel. But the national panel, a lot of things get deadlocked. There's a lot of things that get deadlocked. I mean, it goes through the process from the grievance to the center manager, to the business agent, to a labor manager, and then they don't deadlock there, and then it gets processed to the national panel. Once it gets to national panels, there's a bunch of UPS labor people there. It's a bunch of locals from all across the country at that uh, national panel. And a lot of things get fucking deadlock. It's just this, the process sucks. I think the process should be, this is my opinion, anybody could call up at 347-403-0705 and they could express their opinion on what they think that, you know, that it should be done. I mean, I ask that question all the time. What I mean, it's, it's got to be a different system for the uh, national panel. Once those grievances get to that point, because once it gets deadlocked there, and then it gets pushed back to the local, it gets pushed back to the local. That could take any process from a six, six months to a year before your grievance even gets heard. It's simple. The process is there. The, the grievance happened. A supervisor work in Article 3, Section 7. Everything is there. All the information is there. Who's the supervisor? What time he started? What time he finished? Pay the, pay the guy. Pay the grievance. But instead, the company denies the grievance, doesn't put on the bottom of it says in Eleanor and, and Local 804, but in, in, in other locals, and I mean, in, in our local, it says in the bottom, company responds. Company responds. And their response is denied. No explanation why they're denying it. What's their investigation? Nothing. Nothing whatsoever. Just deny. And then it goes to the labor department after it comes, after it leaves the shop steward to the manager and it gets deadlocked from them. It comes to the BA. Now I got to set up a meeting on the article 18, the, the grievance procedures with the labor manager, but the labor manager is passing the buck to the division manager. The division manager don't know the fucking contract. So when you're sitting down in front of a fucking division manager, you're, it's, it's like you might as well talk to someone, the war, like I say. You can talk to the war because whatever you say as far as the contract goes, he looks at the, at the grievance and denies it there again. So now I have to process this grievance. I have to process this grievance to arbitration. To the panel. 
And that could take forever. It could take forever how that that that, that process go. So, you know, it, it's, it's bullshit. And the, 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 the procedure has to be fixed. I think the, uh, you know, the next contract, I mean, we should have done it in this contract. But we have five years with this contract now. So in the next contract, we need to negotiate the facts of how the grievance procedures go. Because this grievance procedure that's happening now is not good. It's not good. It's broken. It's a broken procedure. The national uh, panel, guys go there for a whole week under the, union, under the membership's money. A whole week of different locals sending their executive board down there. And if you have a good case, you hear the case, but it gets deadlocked there. It just don't make any kind of sense. We're writing grievances, and this is what people get frustrated for. The members get frustrated for because they write grievances, legit grievances. Not like we fucking want to write grievances because everything is good. Everything is not good. The reason we write grievances is because the company breaks the fucking contract. They breach the contract and they violate the articles. Once you violate article, the grievers, which is us, grieve, you know, the members grieve for the right thing. They don't grieve because they just want to grieve. They grieve for harassment, which, you know, harassment is a big deal. It's a big deal. And talking about harassment, I'm going to let you guys know this. If you feel you're being harassed, don't let it go away. Don't make it think that it's, uh, all right, I'm, I'm going to let it go this time. He's not going to bother me again. Bullshit. Once you get harassed, and some people sometimes have the wrong reasons for what harassment is. And they, they call up your shop steward, I'm being harassed because he looked at me wrong. I'm being harassed because he's following me. Supervisors have the right to observate, to do an observation. They're allowed to go and follow you and see if you're doing everything by the methods and procedures and safety. That's not harassment. Harassment is when they come up to you and talk down to you and tell you you're a piece of shit. You know, and then they'll say, oh, I'm only kidding. That's not kidding. I'm, my, my advice to you guys, as soon as you, anyone tells, talks to you down like that, you put it down on the piece of paper, paper trail. Because at the end, when you're in that office, because something went wrong and that same supervisor, you already have a paper trail of harassment. It works. If you at the at the time that you get in trouble when you're in the office and all of a sudden you want to file for harassment, it doesn't work that way. You cannot be what well, the, the reason that the, you want to file uh, harassment is because you're being put in the office. But before when he harassed you before he didn't pull you in the office. You let that shit slide. I advise don't let it slide. Put a paper trail in. Grieve it. Grieve harassment from the time you get harassment. Let it sit there. If we don't go nowhere, it's there. It's paper trail. Because when you're in that office and you know you're being harassed and you know they fucking with you. And then you bring and then you have the business agent there fighting for because you're harassed and then you're all of a sudden uh, 15 minutes before you enter the office, you're telling the business agent, oh, you know, I want to put a, a harassment, a sexual harassment, whatever the fuck it is, 15 minutes before you're getting into the office because you're being brought into the office. It doesn't work 
that way. You have to have a paper, a paper trail in the beginning. If they harass you on Tuesday of, of three weeks ago, put it in. Put in the harassment because that harassment three weeks ago is going to help you when you go into the office and you feel that this manager or supervisor is fucking with you. Because they got an answer to that harassment three weeks ago. And I guarantee you they ain't going to have an answer to that. But they will have an answer of the day that you're in the office and they are pressuring you and they're they telling you that, you know, they're going to discipline you because of this is that and that and this. So harassment is, 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 is pretty much the whole game here. And they are violating that contract. They are violating that article also. Article 37 is the national and they violated to the fullest. And we allow them to violate those things to the fullest. Why how we allow them? Because you don't, when you feel that you are being harassed, you must report it right there and then. If you get harassed at 2 o'clock in the afternoon on a Monday, by 2.30, you should already be calling your shop steward, telling him you want to put in harassment against Joe Moe, whatever his, the supervisor's name, and reasons why you're putting the harassment Keep it a paper trail. It will help you at the end. When they bring in you into the office and they continue harassing you, the paper trail works. There's also an 800 number, which is called the ethic lines. And I want to say it out there. I want to put that number out there because everyone should have this 800 number. Let me look it up right now. I should have had it ready for you guys. So the number is one 800 220-4126. So when, once you put in that harassment grievance, Article 37, call this number. Make sure everything's in record. That when a month from now, when they bring you in the office for some bullshit, petty bullshit, it's harassment. They harassed you then, they're harassing you now. Don't wait to the last minute when you know that you're in the hot seat and then all of a sudden, oh, yeah, he fucking cursed at me the other day and this and that. There's no good. It's no good for me. It's no good for the B.A. or the shop steward. When you're telling us 15 minutes before you go into the office, it's good three weeks ago because and then I can say you guys been fucking harassing him. You guys bring, bring him into the office because you're fucking harassing him. Prove it. The proof will be the paper trail, the 800 number, the ethic line. That's all be proof because the ethic line, they take your name, they take your information and what's the harassment It matches with your grievance. So when you're in that office saying that he's been cursing at you and treating you like shit and, and making you look whatever, that all comes out at that, at that meeting. It won't come out when you're telling us, oh, yeah, man, I, I know why he's doing this, because he, he fucking cursed at me the other day. I let it go. Don't let it go. Don't let it go. Report it. Grieve it. Put it paper, uh, paper trail. Because if you don't, it's not going to work for you when you get into that office. This company is, is, is running all over this contract, and I don't know what is going to be done about it 
because we're putting in, the members are putting in massive grievances from harassment from the new article, Article 37, Section 3. Article 37, Section 3 is that they have to advise you to go, you know, that you're going to be OJS 24 hours to the driver. Some, some, some of it is, is, is legit because if you get into an auto accident or you get into an injury, they don't have to, re- they don't have to tell you that they are riding you the next day because it's a safety thing. Either it's an auto accident that you had the day before, they don't have to advise you 24 hours, or you got injured on the job and they don't have to advise you. But they do have to advise you of if they're going into a safety ride with you 24 hours, they have to advise you if you're going on the OJS, they have to advise you 24 hours in advance. This company is slick as a slick. They are what they're doing here in Locorado 4, which is fucking fucked up. Because the contract doesn't say it exactly. So they say on the contract, Article 37, Section 3 is 24 hours. And they have to advise the driver 24 hours. The company, these fucking schmucks, they come, they create a new fucking way of doing it. So a week, Tuesday, let's say Tuesday last week, they are advising the fucking member a week in advance. A week in a fucking advance that they're going to be ride, but they don't know what day they're going to ride them. A week in advance. I try to fight that with the 24 hours. They said as long as it's before 24 hours, it doesn't say that I can't advise him in a week that he's going to be written. It just says I got to advise him in 24 hours. And the members are going, you know, some of them speak out about it. And some of them just like, ah, fuck it. I don't give a fuck. Can't write a grievance if you don't give a fuck. We have to write those grievances that the articles that they are violating. The contract, Article 37, Section 3 states that you must advise 24 hours if you're having a OJS ride for the next day. The company got slick and started saying, oh, it's not an OJS ride. It's a methods and procedure ride. What the fuck is a methods and procedure ride? I haven't got one. And when I've been to the company so long, I never heard of a fucking methods and procedure ride. They're just creating new shit to violate the fucking contract. That's exactly what they're doing. What's a fucking methods and procedure ride? I know it's an OJS ride, a safety ride. Methods and procedure, never heard of it. And now they're coming up with it. But you know what? A lot of things that we do as members also fucks up with the contract and lets them have a get, let the members, I mean, the management get a bad habit of what to do, how to do it. If we don't enforce your own contract, what makes you think they're going to, you know, follow the contract? If our own members, and I always say this, we are our worst enemy ourselves because we do things for this company thinking that you're doing a favor, you're doing something good to this company. But in, in reality, you're really not. If we everybody was to do the methods and procedures, the way they was taught the first three days of training and follow the contract, I can't say it will run smooth because they would never run smooth. This company is, is just loves to violate this contract. 
But the members also violate this contract. And I keep telling you guys, once you violate your contract and you do things that you're not supposed to do against the contract, it only comes back and bites you in the ass. Because the company's going to say to you, well, I did violate the contract, but you violated also. So what are we here? You know, and that's what they'll bring up. They'll bring up the fact that you violated the contract, like the, the, the lunch schedule. The lunch is the three to fifth hour. That's when you're supposed to take your lunch. Not at three, five o'clock, not at six o'clock in the afternoon, unless you authorize. I don't know different locals, but in our supplement, we have a lunch period from 12 to three. You have to be done with your little lunch in by three o'clock, the third to fifth hour. I believe it's the labor law also. You have to take lunch if you're in an eight-hour shift within the third or fifth hour. Guys are doing lunch after 5 o'clock or after they finish their they, uh, they routes, and then they're taking lunch without any. And, and let me tell you something. The company is going to okay. They're going to be okay with that. They're not never, ever going to tell you not to do that. They will tell you not to do that when you do something wrong. When you didn't scan a package, didn't do this, didn't do that. They're going to bring that up 100%. They're going to bring up the fact that you're not taking lunch on your third or fifth hour. Because you're, you're violating your own contract. And that's what they want. They want to show you that you're violating your own contract. So they're going to violate you. And that's what the company does. And it's been doing it for years. The same goddamn thing. So you have to obey, you have to make sure that you, you are, whatchamacallit, you follow the contract. It's there for you to read. If you don't have a book, you could get it online. It's easy. It's real easy. You can go to search, search what you're looking for, and it'll pop up what's the, what's the article. Self-explanatory. All you have to do now is follow the contract, follow the union the union thing. And when the company sees that, that's when they take advantage. Okay. Another thing we want to talk about is reporting an accident. It's happening all over this place. You need to report an accident, no matter what I keep talking about it. And every show that I do is how important it is to report an accident, an incident, it doesn't matter what it is, little or big. You must re- you must stop and report the accident. If you hit a garbage can, if you hit a flower pot that doesn't belong to you and doesn't belong to UPS or the company, you need to report that. You don't think you're going to get away with it. There's so many cameras out there that everyone has a, door, a, a ring, doorbell ring, a ring bell, whatever the fuck it's called. They have, every house has that. If they don't have that, they have driveway cameras. Every house now or any business has a camera. And you better believe that the company will get footage of you lying during investigation. Your best bet, you won't get in trouble if you report it. But you will get in trouble if you don't report it. So do yourself a favor if you're out there, you hit a, when you are picking up at a, at, a, at a company and 
you hit the top of the loading dock or the fence, whatever the case may be, that's not your property and it's not the company's property, you have to report it. There's insurance for it. If you report it, I guarantee you, you're likely, it's 0% you're going to get in trouble. But it'd be 100% if you don't report it. And the company that you hit or whatever you did calls in the company and they say, hey, this guy hit my uh, driveway or whatever, my flower pot. He didn't, I don't know, it's this truck. Here's the video. And when you go into that office, they're not going to tell you they have a video. The company's going to tell, they ain't going to say shit about a video. They're just going to say, hey, was you on this block at this time? And you're going to say, yeah, did anything happen? They're going to they're gonna be frank. They're going to be like, oh, like nothing happened. Because they're waiting for you to lie. That's what they're waiting for. Because their defense, their, their case is for you to lie. And once you lie, they got you. You're done. That's what they want you to do. They want you to lie. And if you don't report that accident, that's leaving the scene of an accident, an unreporting accident. That's deceiving the company and lying. Because you're going to sit in that office and say, oh, shit, I should have. You should have, would have, or whatever. You should have called in that accident at that moment, at that time, point blank. No, no excuses. If you know you pulled the guy's bumper off the car, don't keep rolling. Stop. <laughs> Stop and report it. I guarantee you, you'll be better off reporting an accident than leaving the scene of an accident. Because the company... If they get that call, it's a wrap. You could kiss your $120,000 job a year goodbye for a, a simple mistake that you could just report it. Incidents, it's same thing with your injuries. When you're injured, report it. You get a paper cut, report it. Make sure it's all on record because you don't want them to tell you what you're doing wrong. Driver's license. It's your responsibility for your driver's license, your DOT card. Those are the big, the reason I'm bringing all these issues because this is the issues that we're having now with a lot of drivers that are doing some crazy shit out there that we have a fucking long list of people being discharged for stupid shit like this. Stupid shit that you could do and handle and fix it. You know, your livelihood stands on the line when you reporting something. Your license is very important. If you moved in the past six months, make sure you're getting your mail to your new address. Because if you don't do that and you don't give a fuck, you're going to get your license suspended because the motor vehicle is going to be sending Whatever information, uh, ticket that you didn't pay or whatever the case may be to your old address. And then you're not going to get it to your new address. You got to be responsible for your license. Your license is your livelihood here at the company. That's your livelihood. You fuck that up. You don't have a job. DLT is also your responsibilities. Two responsibilities that you have that you must do. It's your driver's license and your DLT card. If you get a ticket, if you get a ticket, 
And you know you got pulled over. You know you got a ticket. Don't come up to me and say, I didn't know I had a ticket because I'm going to say you're fucking lying to me now. You know you have a ticket. You know you had a, a speeding ticket. You got pulled over by the police. The police came to your car, told you to roll down your window, asked you for your license and registration and insurance card. And then afterwards, he gave you a ticket for speeding. You know you got that ticket. It's in your hand. Your job from that point on is to take care of that ticket. Don't put it aside. Think it's going to go away. It's not going to go away. You need to take care of that ticket and make sure your license is good driving their vehicle. One day of driving their vehicle with a suspended license will cost you your job. Straight up. One day of driving their vehicle with a suspended license will cost you your job. So you need to just check your license. It's $7. You make a lot of money. You make 44 and change an hour going up to 49 $7 is not going to break you to look at your phone on the DMV, get an extract for $7 on your phone to make sure your license is good. $7 will alleviate a lot of headache from you. A lot. $7. The abstract cost on your phone. And if you don't want to do it on your phone, go to the motor vehicle. It'll cost you $10 at the motor vehicle. $10 is better than no dollars. Remember that because you are protecting your license. That is your responsibility. It's not the company's responsibility. You go out to drink and you get caught with DWI in Article 35, you have, you have a lot of time. If your license is going to be suspended under Article 35, you have two years, two years to fix your license as long as you tell the company within that time. When you get that letter saying your license is going to be suspended, you go to your center manager, your, your center manager, you tell them, listen, I got this letter. They said on October, whatever, it's going to be suspended. I'm going to fix it before them. As long as you let them know with a shop steward present, don't go there by yourself with a, with a, by yourself because the center manager say, oh, he never came up to me. Always go with your shop steward to make sure you have a witness that you told the center manager that you got a letter and it's going to be suspended and you're going to fix it. As long as you tell the company that. But if you walk in that Monday morning and you didn't say nothing and they come up to you and say to you, your license came back suspended. You're going to be terminated for that. For deceiving the company and lying and lying and dishonesty. So you don't want to put yourself in that predicament. Okay, so your license must be right at all times. All right. Now, my show is live all the time. Uh, I have a phone. If you want to call in, it's 347-403-0705. You could speak your mind or what you want to say. How do you want to say? I really don't give a shit. There's no fucking scripts here. This is not recorded. This is all live. The only time you'll see it recorded is because when I put it into podcasts or I put it in to uh, face, uh, YouTube, FaceTime, whatever. I put it all over the place after I do the live show. So here in uh, Union Power Radio, 
You can speak your mind. I don't care. If you have something that you want to say against me or you want to curse me out, you can go right ahead and do it because I, I, you know, get ready for me, though. But anyway, uh, other things that we need to talk about is weapons in the workplace. Now, I'm having a lot of trouble with that also because a lot of guys are now are getting uh, discharged for bringing a knife into any company facility. I don't say the name because I don't want to give them that much, but the company is uh, uh, breaking down a lot of things with that. Any weapons within any knife, any cut, uh, box cutters, you cannot bring that into the facility because they feel it's a, it's a safety thing for the they employees, for everybody's in there. If you get into an argument, it's a violent in the workplace, and somebody's going to pull out a knife or a gun, and you got to go through the metal detectors, you have to go and show your bag and make sure you don't have any weapons in there. Now, the crazy shit is that it was happening in one of my centers, and it was a lot of people coming in and out with big Rambo knives. And I understand because the area, the area is, is, is a bad area. It's in the Bronx. And a lot of guys that don't know about the Bronx and never worked in the Bronx, the Bronx is wild. And they don't respect the, the brown uniform at all. They'll rob you. They'll take you up to the roof at gunpoint. They'll duct tape you. It's been happening. It's happened here. And, you know, it's, it's a lot of crazy shit that happens. And, you know, sometimes you want to protect yourself, but you got to know you can't protect yourself by bringing a weapon into the facility. So you cannot bring any guns, any knives, any box cutters, box cutters. into any, any, any uh, um, company's facilities at all. Sometimes, you know, the lack of security. I mean, you got securities in these buildings that, are, you know, they don't really give a fuck. They don't give a fuck. They're not making $100,000 like you guys are. They're making way less so they could care less of what goes through those those metal detectors or what goes through the, the gate. But you got to protect yourself because if they do catch you with that knife, which they did in certain incidents here, they will terminate you for bringing a legal weapon into the facility so protect us you can protect yourself by jump jumping into the truck locking yourself in the back and calling for popo and calling for your supervisor and making sure that you report it to your shop steward of all the, the incidents that happened to you because your shop steward should know everything that goes on so and then when shit comes down that your shop steward knows exactly what went down and it's not going there blindfolded when he goes into the office when they question you. This company's mother is, is a piece of shit because, you know, you can be held up with, by gunpoint, brought up to the roof, being duct taped. And once you get off the duct tape and you now you get a chance to call the company they think that you're the suspect. They think that you are the a person that was involved in the robbery of the truck. They always think the driver, instead of saying, oh, you know, I'm sorry that you went through this. Let's get a psychologist. They don't give a fuck about that. They want a question to see if you was involved with that robbery, that you had something to do with. And this is what the company does. Right away, they think that you are, you're the suspect. 
of this until they hear the details of the trauma that you went through with the gun pointed to your head and being duct tape. And, you know, this fucking company does that, does that. And they'll always do the same thing going into the facility. If you're going in with a Rambo knife, a box cutter, blah, blah, blah. But, you know, this fucking company is so stupid sometimes. Because when I do my investigation, I do it hard just to protect the member. Now, I don't protect the job because the protector of the job is yourself. That is you to protect. Okay, you need not to steal phones, not to do anything that you're going to get yourself fired. That's your you're the protector. The guy in the mirror is the protector of that job. I'm here to make sure that they don't violate your rights and make sure your contract is not being walked on, which they do anyway. But the protector of the job is yourself. You have to protect your job by doing the methods and procedures the way they taught you. If you start, you know. Hey, you got financial problems at home and you, you, you're trying to get an easy way out by stealing a phone or stealing something or trying to make up for it. You, wrong. You don't want to lose your job for a phone that you could afford with your salary. It doesn't make sense. It's no reason for you to steal in that they are, they are trusting you with hundreds and thousands of dollars worth of merchandise in that truck. There's no way, there's no easy way to just steal a phone and then think that's going to be, that's it. They're not ever going to find out. Once you put your, your, your hand in the cookie jar and you taste that first cookie, you're going to want to get another cookie and another cookie until that, empty, until that jar is empty. So don't put your hand in that cookie jar, especially with their, with their merchandise, because they will ha- hold you liable for it. You know, there's people stealing cell phones. I just don't get it. People stealing underwears. I just don't get it. People stealing little fruit things that fall out of the box. I don't get it. Yogurts. I don't get it. It's not yours. It's the customers that's trying to get it delivered. It, because it fall out of the box, it doesn't mean it's yours. It's just for you to eat it. Their property is their property. Once you punch into that, you have to uh, buy by the rules and, and do everything and, and deliver those packages. Those packages shouldn't be in your mind by saying, I'm going to get financially taken out because you're not. You're going to financially mess up yourself even more once they find out that you stole that phone. And it's happened. It's happened. This company haven't been in business for 116 years because they fucking, you know, they dumb as hell. They know the technology now, and now with these new little labels, they have tracking devices on them. They know where you're at now, with the box, actually. They know where the box is at. They know when it's going to be delivered. They have little electronics on that little labels now. It's a new system that they have now. So don't think you're slick. Do the methods and, do the methods and procedures. That's all you have to do. You survive 25 years of this company if you do it. If you do the, the methods and procedures, you'll last 25 years. You'll have a career. You'll put your kids through college. You'll live a good, you know, you'll live a good life. Sometimes guys, you know, they got financial. They, they, they spend over they supposed to spend. 
dude, you got to live this job like 40 hours a week. This is what's happening here and everywhere throughout the United States. You, you, you live past your limits. You're buying a BMW, a $70,000 BMW. Why? Why? It's a fucking car. You need a car to go back and forth, get a Hyundai or whatever the fuck it is, Toyota. You don't need a fucking $70,000 car. You don't. You got to think about your fucking family, about your mortgage, about having a roof over your kid's head, having food there. If you do all that and then you're running short at the end, you're, you're going to be looking somewhere else to get that money. And you shouldn't have that in your mind, that this is your scapegoat. By stealing phone, stealing whatever it is that don't belong to you from that truck and thinking that you're going to retrieve the money that you need to cover your expenses of your personal life. Never live beyond what you can afford. Simple as that. There will be no thieves. There will be, you know, the thing is, I just hate when a person, and, I, and I'm going to tell you an incident that happened. I was in the office, and this happened a couple of years ago. I could pretty much say it now, but I won't say no names. I had a member in the office for stealing a phone. He got fired. I went on to the 72. We had the 72 with the LP person there. The LP person already knew the whole trademark, where the trace of the car, the phone was, everything. He knew everything. He was just trying to just have to explain, the, the member explained to him how he does his things for then they can have better recollection than other members. And the fucking LP guy asked him one question. He says, did you steal a phone? The member says, absolutely not. I believed him. 100%. I believe all my members 100%. I go in there thinking that the fucking company's full of shit. I'm going to get this guy off. I'm there. That's my mentality, and that's the way I go into that. Oh, I never doubt the member. The only thing that the member that makes, you know, if I tell him in the office, before he goes in the office, I tell him, I can fight the truth, but I can't fight a lie. So you need to tell me all the truth of everything. Before I go into that office. And I tell you man. Dude. I, I'm good with body language. But some members are fucking straight up. Straight up. I don't know if they're lying or not. And I, I have to go in there. Thinking he told me the truth. So I'm going in there to fight for, for his job. And when the LP guy asked him. Did you steal the phone? And straight up said no. And, I, and, and he asked him again. I said hello hold up. Stop a second. He, you asked him a question. He answered no. What makes you think if you ask him again that he's going to have a different answer? He said no the first time. LP says, the reason I asked him three times with the same question is because I want to make sure his answer is no. It's going to go straight. I said, you don't have to ask him three times. Just asked him one time. He said no. That's the answer. He did not steal the phone. And then he asked him the second question was, do you have a phone with you now? And the member says, yes. 
I have a phone, my phone with me in my pocket. Yes. He says, hold on a second. The LP guy picks up his phone, starts dialing. And he lets the phone ring while we're in this meeting. And the phone is ringing in his pocket. And he goes, the LP guys, why are you not picking up your phone? I'm calling you on that phone right now. He goes, it's not you calling me. He says, no, no, it is me calling you. Pick up your phone. So the member picks, takes the phone out of the freaking, out of his pocket. And guess what it was? It was the phone that they was tracing. He registered the phone under his name. They traced the fucking, the, the numbers on the phone. He got caught. Red-handed. By the time we finished this meeting, which was, it was over already. Evidence is there. By the time he finished the meeting, they already called the police officers. Police officers came. They had a case for him. They locked him up right there. And all I heard from him, what am I going to do now? What am I going to do now? It's, what can you do? You got caught red-handed after you told me the truth, well, supposedly the truth, but it's nothing we could do now. It's all done. The phone in his pocket was the phone that they that he stole from. They traced it down. He registered under his name. I don't know how he did that, but he put a SIM card in there, whatever the case may be. But they had all the evidence. So it's not worth it, guys. That's what I'm trying to tell you. It's not worth you losing your job for a hundred and some I hundred and twenty thousand dollars a year, whatever it, your overtime is. It's not worth it. A phone, you could afford any of these phones. I got an iPhone. I could afford it. And if I couldn't, I'll get a freaking a, a Kia, whatever the, freak, the, the cheapest phone. I get what I could afford. And the same thing goes with you guys. This job is, is a hard job, but it's a good job. It's a good paying job. And now with all these raises and this new contract, you guys are going to be making some bucks. Even after five, once you get to five years, you'll be at $49 an hour. $49 an hour. And then with the new, with the next five years, when Sean O'Brien negotiates the next contract, it's an open door. He opened the door for better wages. Because let me tell you something, this $750 that we just got of the raise, of uh, you guys got, I didn't get it, but you guys got, the $750 was never heard of. Every contract with the Hoffa Rajay, with the fucking Hoffa administration, there was always only raises for five years for three dollars, three fifteen, four dollars. I think the t the top was four fifteen. Never went past five dollars. Never in any contract in the previous. If you don't believe me, you could check it for yourself. So when Sean O'Brien came up with this seven fifty, I was bugging out because I was expecting six. That's what I was expecting that everyone was going to get. I thought he was going to go for six, but he went up top. He went from 10 and he got 750, which is freaking excellent. That's why I say this contract was great. Was great. I mean, I think the part-time should have got a little bit more than the $21 an hour starting I think they should have got 25 to start. 
I totally agree to that. I think, uh, you know, now it, it opens up the door, though. It opens up the door for the next contract negotiations in five years. That's in five years from now. It opens up the door for the for part-timers to get that wage even more as a part-timer. I believe that will be the route that Sean O'Brien is going to go with. Is because some of the part-timers after the five years, they're going to be at 25 and change. I think uh, the next contract, they're going to negotiate over $30 for a part-timer, which is great. We can get all these part-timers out of homeless shelters and, you know, have a real part-time job. I mean, but, you know, the opportunities out there also for the part-timers, if you want to make more money in the company, apply for a full-time job, get your license, be 21 years old, drive, be a driver, and be a full-time, you know, a full-time driver, full-time position. You know, some guys say, I, I'd rather do the part-time because I have another job. Well, you know what? You can get full-time and get rid of that other job and have one job and be a full-time. Or some be saying, I need part-time. And I understand those people that, you know, they're part-time, that have kids, and they, they can't work full-time, and I understand that. And that's why in the next contract, and it should be that it's uh, negotiated better for the part-timers uh, a little bit more money than 25 bucks an hour. Now, I see Jose there, which was with the vote no and the part-timer, and I haven't heard from him in a while after the contract was ratified. I haven't heard from a lot of people that the contract was ratified. But I was talking earlier about the grievance procedures and the grievance, the national grievance uh, and in Virginia, whatever it is, in Washington, D.C., I think the system sucks, in my opinion, Oni. I think the system sucks. I think the system should be better, re-ramped, and have an arbitrator in hand for it. all the cases won't be deadlocked. Let the arbitrator rule over the, the violation the company is doing on the contract, on all, all the articles. It'll be a better better way. Is They... Got to do, I don't know if you can get the way. Um, it's got to be a better way. I, I went to that national panel one time that, you know, Vinny Perone asked me to go because he is a learning experience and I had a case down there. And what I saw was not to my liking. I mean, it's just I, 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 I believe in the process to be. It should be better process, a way better process than than what I saw down there. I think it's a lot of money down there. I think it's crazy that uh, all these you know executive people are down there with no cases and join. I just don't like it. I don't like it. I don't like spending membership money. Uh, I just I I wouldn't go there if. The only reason I would go there now, moving forward, is if I have to go there because I have a case and I have to present it or be there for that case, that's the only time I will ever go to a national panel again. I won't go there because some of the locals there, and I'm not going to say some, but across the river, those, they, they, the, what I saw was disgusting and, and, bleh. 
yeah, it was, t- it was, it, I didn't like it at all. Uh, but it's, it's a good experience that I had. And the, the, the good experience is I saw what goes down down there. And I think you can kiss my ass. I don't need to go down there and spend any of the members money to do that down there. I don't like the process of the deadlocks. It's always a deadlock of every fucking article that you could possibly. And let me tell you something. It was a guy from the West Coast that put on a fucking great case. I felt I was in a federal courtroom and the way he presented his case was amazing. Fucking amazing. He was a business agent from the West Coast, I believe, and he made such a good Yo, he convinced the shit out of me of how bad the company violated that contract. And after all he did with all the evidence, with all the proof, with what his his starting statement to his ending statement, it was fucking there. It was all there for for them to make a decision that the company fucked up, pay up the fucking money. And just move forward and not let it happen again. After all he did with all the evidence, it became deadlock. And that's disgusted me. It disgusted me to the fullest that the system sucks. The system at the National Grievance Panel sucks. And let me tell you something. Uh, the director of the Grievance panel which is i think his name is matt i think he's in roswell uh hub in atlanta or whatever oh matt matt higgins i think that full statement matt Matt higgins thank you jose 728 i believe out there in in georgia i believe he's the whatever the czar of the of the grievance panels or whatever title it is i don't i i'm driving so i don't i I can't look it up but Yeah, I think it's, his name is Matt Higgins Matt, out of 728, Georgia. Thank you very much, Jose. Matt Higgins, I like him. I like him because he talks down to the company. He's the man, the right man to be where he's at right there. I'm telling you right now because that case was so tense. And Matt Higgins was the man... I mean, he was telling off the fucking company and that's what the company needs is to be straightened out by, by the union people to tell them how fucked up they are. And with all that Matt did, and I swear, I I wish I had the name of that, of that, uh, BA that presented that case. I believe is in the West coast or in Boston. It's one of those, but I wish I knew his name, and, I, and I'm and i telling you right now, I went down there for the experience to see what it's like in the grievance procedures. And the only reason I went down, because I had a case down there which got that lock also. And it sucks. And I'm only telling you guys because I want to let you guys know the inside of what goes on in the grievance, in the national grievance procedures. People that haven't got the chance to go there and understand 
where your grievance go through. And let me explain to you how it starts. It starts from you, the grievance, to your shop steward. The, the shop steward and the manager talks about that grievance. And it gets deadlocked there. And then it goes to the business agent when it comes to me. I get the grievance with a response from the company that they denied it. With no with just denied. Then I have to put in to meet up with the labor manager or now in this local, the labor manager is pushing it on to the division manager. I have a problem with that also because the labor manager at least knows the violation of that grievance because the labor manager reads the contract. They're pushing it to the division manager, which the division manager has no time to read the fucking contract. And if he's looking at a grievance about an article that's being grieved, he don't know what the fuck he's going to say. So what he's going to do, he's going to deny the fucking grievance also. And then I have to go to the process of putting it into panel and sending it to labor. And then they give me a case number. And that case number is going to sit there for a long time, for a goddamn long time, hoping that the grievance either A, gets fired and then, you know, but let me, they don't understand that even if you get fired and you have grievance pending in the docket, whatever happens after that, if you get a payout from those grievance, the grievance that got terminated still gets that grievance. We mail it out to his house, the money, whatever the case may be. But the system sucks. Jose, what's up? You got your hands up. Yeah, just uh, listening to uh, your story when, you know, you went over there to national panel. To me, the, just the grievance procedure, it all tilts towards management's favor, towards the, towards UPS's favor, regardless of ours. Because what teeth do these grievances have? I mean, other than payout or, you know, I adhere to article, blah, 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 or section, blah, blah, blah. What teeth does a grievance have? Nothing. We can't. As labor, we can't do uh, a floor action floor workshop action floor action. Well, actions in, in to kind of like make the make make UPS feel it, rather than just going through these grievance panels. I I just get tired of the of the grievance because I don't see any. I don't see no teeth behind it because you're in there. Having a grievance meeting with, you know, center manager, division manager, hub manager, whoever it may be, at the same second, there's some supervisor violating the contract, you know, and you go right back that cycle. It's just, it's just a cycle that just continues and it just favors UPS because we, there's no teeth. We can't do work stoppage, you know, because we have fucking boss laws inside our fucking contract, you know, there's that article. 26 which talks about uh uh kind of reopening up negotiations but only for natural disasters or or now for a pandemic i forget that name of that article but it's article 26 i wish in the next contract we put there's something called a reopener with the righteous strike and this is what i brought it to to sean o'brien and sean o'brien just kind of chuckled and said you should be you should be on my negotiating committee next time. Very dismissive, you know. Very, very dismissive. And and, I, and 
and I don't I don't like him. I don't think I don't think he did a good job when it came to, when it came to us. There was no transparency in these negotiations. There is especially the meat and potatoes, which is the financial, the economic package. We only saw once you know they they agreed upon it, and the only reason they allowed that company economic proposal to be leaked out is to get all of us all pissed off, and rightfully so. But what was what was uh. Uh, our side, what do we propose? I still don't know what we propose because there had to be some sort of agreement. Did we propose 30, 30 an hour for uh, for part-timers? Did we propose a two-year progression or a one-year progression? These four-year progressions are sorry, man. They're garbage. That only benefits one person, which is, I mean, it only benefits one entity, which is UPS. Why can't we have a one-year progression every three months is a progression step? Rather than these four-year progressions, you kidding me? You're gonna tell me you can make top pay in four years? That's telling me that I have to learn my I have to learn my job in four years to get that top pay. And every day, the first year, you're you know you're jumping on different routes. And now you have a two uh, two-tier poverty system for part-timers. Like no, you know I don't think this contract. I keep hearing this contract was not historic. Why? Just because we got seven fifty? Wait till the UAW gets their economic uh, package from the big three. And we're going to do, we, we could compare apples to apples and see which one is more historic. How is that comparing? How is that comparing? How is that comparing apple to apples? They're a big union as well. Uh, they had an eight year progression, Hector, eight year progression for them to get top eight. And they're reducing it. To what? I mean, they're still fighting because they, I think they're at three right now. But you know what? It, uh, United Auto Workers, they want it lower, you know? So we'll see which one is the most historic contract. You know? and, and, and going back to, the, to the, my original point, which was the grievance panel, we need to take away these articles that only hamper our union. They only hampers rank and file activism, shop floor action. We got to get rid of them. So we And what articles are those? Well, I, but there's one that talks about you. Uh, I can't think because I'm on the, I'm on the, I'm on the drive. But there's there's several, like one, like Article 26. That's one where we could go in there and we could do a reopener with the right to strike. UAW has a reopener with the right to strike when it comes to plant closures. Two, I think two out of the three, of the big three, agreed to it. I think they're waiting on Stellantis, I believe. So we could do things, dude. You know, you got us all, you, we, we got all hyped up to go over a strike. You know, why we, we should have, we should have pulled that, we should have pulled that trigger. I, I, I'm with you with that. I believe that we should have uh, teased this fucking piece of shit company a lesson because these motherfuckers, as soon as the contract was ratified, they started walking around. They started just jumping on the fucking contract and violating them even more than before the uh, the old contract. I mean, they are violating it now more than ever, and they don't give a fuck. It's it's just that they just don't give a fuck, and it, I think uh, they should. We should have held out. Why? You, you don't give a fuck when you have a think tank. They all they do, and they have lawyers. All they do is just pick apart that pick apart each article, each section of the of, of the national master or supplements, and or supplements. Excuse me. They just pick it apart. They just pick it apart. Mm -hmm. You know, we always react to 
to what can came before us, the 22 force. We reacted to that. We got rid of that. But guess what happened? There's a two-tier system for part-timers. Future part-timers coming in, they're only going to get 50 cent raises. You, you know, they're not uh, going to get. They're not going to get 75. They're not going to get 75. They're not you, going to get a dollar. They're not, have not going you, to get a dollar 50 or dollar 75. Jose, have you ever been to the national greeting panel? No, I have not. I'm gonna, I've only I'm been gonna, to one. I'm going to tell panel, you something. It, you know, Sean O'Brien strictly told every local that he better not see any locals hanging out with management, having a beer with them, because that's what is. I mean, is a is that's where it's, it's the good old boy network. Let me tell it's you good, something. You know, Sean O'Brien needs to go there and 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 watch everything that happens down there. Really. They he really needs to see this shit because it's a fucking it's a week of joking around and and I I don't like it. I don't like seeing it. I would never ever as far as my BA I won't go down there unless I have to go down there. If I have to go down there, I would never go down there on the the membership's money to do a lot of things that these locals are doing out there. And these are little locals that are crazy that is is crazy friendly with the management team. And I believe that's the problem. I believe that's the fucking problem. We stay they stay in the same hotel that the management stays in. And then after all the grievance and national is done, it's up for grabs. You know, you can walk out of the and go have dinner and meet management somewhere else or go to the bar downstairs and management is there having a drink and you and you're hanging out there with I it was disgusting. It was like I wanted to throw up. But that's how to stop because this is the motherfuckers that are that are fighting against the contract and are violating the contract and we're trying to fight to to make sure that they don't violate the contract and 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 this is like a fucking I call it a fuck fest for the week. It's just stupid. It's stupid. I don't think uh you know and what I saw there when people was uh postponing their cases. So if you're going to let me say something. If you're an executive board, if you have 10 people in your executive board and you know you're going to postpone the five cases that are coming up or being because they do a call out of the cases in the first day. So all the call outs are, this is going moving forward. This is cases moving forward. This case, And then they got cases that says, no, we're going to postpone it, postpone it, postpone it. This particular uh, local have five cases. No, I'm sorry. They had 10 cases and they postponed. Every one of those cases, 10 cases, that was on the first day. Postponing means that it goes to the following month for the national panel. So if you're postponing 10 cases, there's no need for you to be there for the rest yeah, of the week. Here's a 25. Will you have 25 to Danny? Uh, hold on a second. So it's no need for you to be there for the five, the whole five days if you postpone your cases for the next following procedures. And those goddamn executive boys stood there the whole five days with no cases to talk about. That is money being spent from the union's money, and it should, they shouldn't be there. 
And if you knew you were going to postpone it, send one or two executive board to postpone those cases and move on. You save money for the local. You save money from the membership. You don't take the whole week off and you have no cases to represent at the national panel. It's disgusting. It's stupid. It's the same, 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 same. And I don't like it. I'm sorry. I just don't like it. And I won't go there uh, unless I have to go there for a case of any of my grievances. And that's my opinion. That's my experience. Once people get into the board, you're going to experience that also. I'm sure I'm going to get a lot of shit with this. I'm going to get, oh, you motherfucker, you, why are you talking like this? I'm just trying to say, listen, we're here. We got elected for the members. We got to do right by the members. Simple as that. There's no bullshit in me. I tell it as it is. You guys all know that. I tell you guys exactly how it is. I could have an X on my back or whatever the case may be. I don't give a fuck. I just tell you how shit goes down. I don't like it. And if Sean O'Brien listens, he needs to go there and sit across the street and see what the fuck goes on there. And I know he's not with that. I know that for a fact. You might not like Sean O'Brien, some people, but I do. I like Sean O'Brien. And he's straight up with me. He's been straight up since the beginning when he was first, when, when they outed him out. When the officer outed him out, he, he was straight up with me. Even though he did what he did when he was a rep vest. And I forgave him for what he did because he was straight up to me. He came straight up to me and told me straight up. Like a man, he fucked up. Forgive him. I forgave him because everyone has a, everyone gets a fair shot on everything. I expect everyone to give a fair shot to everyone. Just because it doesn't go your way doesn't mean you got to hate the guy. You can't hate someone that's trying to do the right thing and try to make it different from what it was before. That's what he's trying to do. He's trying to eliminate the facts of the fucking Hoffa slates. They're still old guards in effect. They're still old. I, still, I see old guards there. They're still there. But they are turning little by little, those guys, those old guards. They're turning because now they, they, the vision is to see what Sean is looking to do for this Teamsters. Make it stronger. And make it better for the members. Everyone could have their opinion. I have my opinion. You have your opinion. It's good. That's the way it works. That's the way life is. Opinions. Set your opinion. Be straight up. Just be a straight up guy. I think Sean O'Brien is a straight up guy. He haven't proven me wrong yet. Because he had things that he wanted to accomplish. He showed me the things that he accomplished so far. He showed me. It is what it is. So with that, I, I went a little bit over. It's 7-12 now. But I just want to announce that the TDU conference is November 3rd to the 5th. Uh, a lot of guests are going to be there. I'm surprisingly, 
I'll be there because I have three of my uh, brand new shop stewards going there for the classes. I think the classes, I started at, at TDU with my the classes there. I learned a lot. I think it's a good, good experience for a new shop steward to learn new stuff in, in those classes. Sean O'Brien will be there. Uh, Fred Zuckerman will be there. And surprisingly, Lindsay, I think it's her name, Lindsay will be at TDU. And also Lindsay Doherty. Doherty. Lindsay Doherty. Yeah, she yeah. she will be there. And that and that's surprising to me because, you know, when I was uh trying to talk to all the candidates when they were running, she refused to come to my show because she thought this was a TDU show. <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> she's a she's a she's a sweetheart. She she means well and I and she's very educated on the Teamsters. Uh, she's she does a, a, I mean what I understand. And uh, she'll be there at the TDU convention on November 3rd to the 5th. And then uh, also the UAW um, president will be at TDU also uh, at the TDU on Chicago. I'll be there on November 3rd. I know a lot of guys uh, from the recordings uh, shows. Uh, they'll be there. Uh, so if you want to go to... Um, the TDU, you can you can still you still have time to register to go there. Uh, I mean, it's gonna probably be expensive now because if you wait to the last minute to get to Chicago, or do you, if you live in Chicago, you can also stop by on you know on November third through the fifth at TDU. Um, I, I you know I, I went to the Unity Conference. I would like to talk about that, uh, and I just don't have the time to talk about it. But anyway, I want to thank – oh, Jose's hand is up. Go ahead, Jose. Okay, my question was regarding uh, – well, I wanted to hear more about the Unity Conference. That I, did, I, wanted, I wanted to hear your opinion because I think on last week's episode you talked about that Amazon – I guess you had an Amazon organizing workshop there. An Amazon uh, organizing workshop there, and they had Randy Corkin, the Amazon director, and then two from uh, the Amazon DPS – Teams are some local three uh, three nine six right there too. I just wanted to get your opinion on that. But also, if you're going to be at that TDU convention, are you going to are you going to do like a show from there, or what's the deal? Uh, I usually do do the show from TDU convention. Uh, I have a great time with a lot of great guys. Uh, I mean, the last time I did a TDU uh, show live from there, it was a bunch of teamsters in my room it was crowded and we had a good time but i i'm not gonna do it this time because i gotta carry all the equipment and usually before uh rosario used to help me with the equipment and it's not it's not that easy so i would not i will not be doing a uh live show from the tdu convention um but i will okay. report about it you, just like i report everything that i do because i don't have no hair on my fucking tongue and i say it as it is if people act up and be stupid you're gonna know about it here on union power radio uh the unity conference i will be talking about the unity conference uh it was unify it was it was it was different than all the other unity uh conference we didn't have no separation. Uh, Amazon, the girl from California that is still on strike, she was there to. Palmdale. She, she spoke, and it, the funny thing is that they did 
on the stage. They did it like a Jerry Springer show. I was just waiting for that guy. Uh, what's his name? The director. Randy Corgan. Yeah, to say he's not the father of the baby. That's it. it was it, I never saw something like. I mean, they made it look like a little talk show, and I, I think it was cool. I think whatever. But uh, she, she, she means business, and um, and I think she's better than that guy Chris Malls or whatever the, the what he's doing. But uh, I think the Teamsters lacked off on a lot of organizing Amazon. I mean, it, it doesn't start from Sean O'Brien. It started from Hoffa. I mean, ten years ago. Hoffa should have made moves of organizing Amazon, and now that we're here, it's, it's, it's even harder to organize. I mean, they have organized guys going left and right, but it's still I haven't seen any. I think there's one one uh, Amazon that's Teamsters now, correct? That's the one she's in that they they are they. Three nine six Palmdale, yeah. The D A D A X. Uh, I, I forgot the 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 name of uh, that Amazon facility because each Amazon facility has like its own name, like O N O N T A O N T two. Uh, I think it's D A X two, but I, I I could be wrong. So hopefully somebody corrected me. But well, we need, uh, we, yeah, they they all have like they all have like little names and shit. Yeah, we we definitely need to organize uh, Amazon for sure. But uh, the thing is that you know, it's, it's, it, we should have done it ten years ago when Hoffa was in office. I, 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 I really think that. But it is what well, it well, is. Well, well, talk, talking about organizing, the IBT fired a bunch of organizers, and some of those organizers are trying to organize. You know, so I, I stand, I stand with them. You know, I mean, we we. You're going to the TDU convention. It's, I find it ironic because TDU used to believe in. You know, they don't want uh, officers, you know, to hold multiple salaries, to have multiple pensions, right? Mm-hmm. Which, which is a good thing. If if if, if Sean O'Brien would, would would establish that and 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 free up more money to really go after Amazon, because it's not going to. If this is talking shit, then I'm not trying to talk shit. I, teamsters I, I, alone, teamsters alone cannot organize Amazon. Amazon is way too big. You know, what I mean, if you think UPS lawyers are 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 snakes in the grass, oh man, these Amazon these Amazon uh, lawyers are a whole different story. You know what I mean? So, what do you what do you suggest that Sean O'Brien should do uh, to organize Amazon? Because I, I he has no a more, bunch no of- more no more multiple salaries for sure. No, you know what I mean? No more multi- just because you're a secretary, treasurer, or principal officer, excuse me, of your local, and you might be an international VP, and you might be a uh, some sort of director for one of the divisions, doesn't mean you should have three salaries. No, I'm sorry. You know what I mean? You, I'm sorry you shouldn't. Free, let give some money, give free up that money to organize, and then if we're gonna organize Amazon, we need to start talking with. We need to we need to reach out with the community. You know, have a, a a base of support from the community, but reach out to other other unions as well, and other uh, reach out to nonprofits as well to 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 tackle Amazon. You know, what I mean, we we have a okay plan. To, uh, you know, it is what it is, but us alone cannot handle Amazon. 
Amazon is just too big and too much money. You know, way too much money. So they do have you know, they, they, they do have rank and file organizers out there right now from all different locals, especially here in Local 804. We have about, let's say, five organizers that actually did stop a uh, Amazon from uh, cutting ground uh, from a, a play a playground that they wanted to sell for Amazon to build a, a factory there. The the five Amazon guys that from our local put a stop to it with, you know, with Congress and uh, people from the, the state. And um, but we still haven't seen any organizing as far as, you know, Amazon jumping on to Teamsters across the country. The only one that I heard of was from that girl from 396 that she actually, those Amazon people are Teamsters, correct? Yes, but they're still in 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 the court because, you know, Amazon is saying, you know what, they're not our employees, you know, and technically the paychecks, they were those those drivers and the dispatchers that they were receiving checks. It didn't come from Amazon. It came from the DSP oh boy. Uh, owner which is a uh, uh, battle tested strategies which, which concerns them so but everything else amazon has total control of they have total control of who they want to keep who they want to fire they have control over, over the routes you know they could station a vehicle if they want to so they have control so that's in the in it's it's in the litigation process i don't know the the status of it. i just know that it's in the litigation but it's going to take a lot to organize Amazon. The Teamsters alone, I don't think, is is easy enough because this is this is <laughs> this is a beast that's way too big. We yes, under Hoffa, Hoffa effed up. Yeah, he didn't take that. He did not take it seriously. Look and look and look how the behemoth it is right now. You know what I mean? And like in like what they did in New York, they were describing. They did the same thing in uh, San Diego, but guess what? Amazon did. They only they went across the border, which is Tijuana, and they built a massive, a massive uh, fulfillment center out there in Tijuana. And guess what those drivers do? They go into Tijuana, get their vehicles, and then there's a, I think there's a, what I was told is there's a special lane for them. And then they just go into San Diego and deliver. Wow. You know, well, it's, it's, that's what I'm saying. I'm, I'm not trying to talk shit on the teams. I'm trying to say, look, if we really, if we really, really going to do this we we need to to gather our our allies and to create a, a force for amazon you know what i mean one of them was what you guys did in new york and what they did in san diego to stop it but we can't we're, it just seems like there's all these different entities trying to organize amazon and they're Listen, not we're not coming together as we a- should amazon is a multi we all need to come together uh, Amazon is a multi-million dollar company, profit. Billion dollar, billion dollar company. Billion, whatever it is. They, if they don't get a, a little area to put a factory, I guarantee you they'll find another area just yep. as close, maybe across the street, and get that area to make. They don't, they don't care. That's how much money they have. You know, you could stop them from uh, uh, building a factory in one place but they'll build another f- they don't give they have enough money to build wherever the fuck they want and that's what exactly what they're doing they are growing so fast 
they already grown so fast. They got trucks, bus, they got they got trucks, vans, and planes now. They have their own port now, just like uh the company has their own port in Kentucky, in uh Tennessee, whatever it is. And so they're growing and we're not doing anything. We need to you know, organize them. And I know it's too late in the game for it because they fucking grew so fast. So well, it is what it is, but I'm sure uh, something's going to give. But anyway, I, I, I sorry, but it's 725 now and I'm going to be getting off and I'm going to be talking next time I get on, which is in two weeks from today about the um, Unity Conference and what I experienced over there and how everyone should get involved to go to those Unity Conference. But anyway, with that said, I want to say peace out, my brothers and sisters, and I'll see you see you next two weeks. Thanks, Jose, for getting on. Thanks, everyone, for getting on the What The Heck Show here on Union Power Radio. You can find it on... Podcast uh, right after the show. Thank you and have a good night. Peace. Solidarity, solidarity to the Palestinians. Peace.